1: And have graphic displays of
2: mutilation. I see him with my friends and we like see who get keep their eyes open the longest. Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, that was a classic. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> well, this guy just goes around killing people. That's lot of of scary movies.
1: to know. you are better than listening to the psyops kids get the movies from the horror section most of the violent movies are rated r and aren't supposed to be seen unless you're 17 years old others are made directly on videotape and bypass the rating system altogether
3: Welcome to the 353rd consecutive week of Cinema Psyops. I'm your host Court, the guy who is nuts deep in ring movies, and joining me all the way across the city of Omaha, sick as a fucking dog, and still pulling his shit together for all of you is my
0: co-host Matt. I love flown A's. <laughs> so, it's not what I usually sniff, but whatever.
3: <laughs> it's not my usual, which is cocaine, but still yeah, nice, yeah.
0: nice cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> makes all your bad feelings turned good <laughs> makes all your bad
3: decisions seem good
0: yeah yeah all that shit and it's expedient <laughs> at how much you have
3: to make those bad decisions so what's the time frame like you don't have covid again at least so this isn't like no. your third bout of covid but
0: no 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 what's the time yeah.
3: frame for when you got sick because like you were fine when i talked to you like earlier until <laughs> before the weekend even
0: yeah it was a sunday uh would would saturday evening and i started to feel a cough and i didn't think much of it and then sunday i definitely felt that cold feeling. The feeling you're getting when you're getting a cold. Um, and then that that was like the beginning of Sunday, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting a goddamn it's not summer yet, but it's a goddamn... You know, of course, it's like a spring-summer cold, you know. More people went out into the world. Uh I'm dumb. Probably didn't fucking... You know, when I went to one of the stores or something, probably didn't fucking... Uh, forgot to... Uh, I'm usually really diligent about my uh sanitizing. I, I probably fucked up. Because I was running like a bat out of hell on Friday. So I probably forgot one day to, to do something. And uh then as Sunday went on, um, shit got exponentially worse where I just felt like a truck hit me. And I, I never had a fever. I got lucky on that. But I just felt like complete and utter dog ass, and then that bled all the way over into uh, yesterday and today, really. <laughs> now I'm starting to come out of it, but like, whew, yeah, it was bad.
3: Yeah, my wife and your wife, being the friends that they are, which pretty much yeah. kept us in contact with each other. Yeah, I was getting, pretty much. I was getting updates from my wife where she's like, "Matt's not doing too good. I don't think he's going to be able to do the show tomorrow." And I was like, "You know, it's one of two things. If he feels bad enough that he doesn't even think it's worth the energy, he will probably skip the show." But most of the time, I was like, he's a trooper. He has done shows where he had to pause us talking so he could go throw up and then came back and finish the show. I was like, so depending upon yeah. how he's feeling about it, if he wants to get it over or not, he may still do it. And I was like, and you know what? Those are the most popular shows where one of us is so fucking dying,
0: but yeah, we yeah. still
3: do the show anyway. People love that.
0: Oh, they like, they suffering. Uh, I (laughs) I think it's
3: because we suffer for them that we're still doing it to make sure they get a show
0: if it was a normal show I probably would have done it Um, with clips and shit yeah if you had clips I can
3: see you being able to make it yeah
0: because like, then I could be like, okay, well, then I'm just going to clip a whole lot of shit, so I don't have to do a whole lot of talking, and we're just going to have a show where there's like 15 clips, dude. And that that's going to be life. But uh, unfortunately, you can't do that shit with the Ring movies. So... <laughs> well, you
3: could, but no one would understand it, and you would still have to unless, translate the clips. Unless you we,
0: unless we have Japanese fans, then they totally would understand it.
3: <laughs> I know that we have some folks that listen in Japan. Whether yeah. or not they are native Japanese speakers or not, I don't really think so. Um, I think we may have a few few fans that are um transports over there like for work or something along those lines but i know that i mean before we went into legion when i was able to actually see the regions we actually did pretty okay in japan huh. <laughs> more nice. people listen to us in japan than any of our friends in God the damn. omaha area actually listen to us you remember Jesus. how when we first started like everybody checked out the show but then yeah. eventually they were like look we get you for free yeah, yeah time you're around we don't need a show with you
0: we have, we have to deal with you guys enough as is i don't know why we're doing this to ourselves
3: <laughs> Yeah." And even so much whenever we would be together in social engagements, whenever I did that sort of thing and still, like, pretended like I actually couldn't, you know, could tolerate other people, uh, my wife and your wife used to, like, not let us hang out together because we would just start doing bits. And, yeah. I mean, the show, whether the show existed or not, we would still do these same stupid fucking bits that we always do. We but,
0: always do these stupid fucking bits, and it's kind of the reason why the the girls' nights really started is because they got tired of hanging out and having to do with us together, so then they started having girls' nights. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well there's partly there's that but then there's also just because you know yeah. they they became a lot closer of friends than yeah. we ever were. We were mostly just pals. We're
0: just <laughs> <a> pal we're <laughs> pal around I, I don't know if I have a lot of anything that's not pals. I just pal around with people. I, I got my wife, but it.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're like I, I don't need to. W- I don't need to open up to people. I can cry behind the furnace.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, they, listen. I, I don't need to have a healthy conduit to express my feelings. That's what's hiding underneath my desk in my pitch black basement with a bottle of Jack Daniels is for.
3: What's wrong with me is between me and my court-appointed therapist. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's r- what's wrong with me is between me and whatever poor fucking sap had to sit next to me on a plane once
3: i <laughs> <laughs> uh, just picture a bunch of those alternative photographies where our faces get put over uh <laughs> yeah. the captain in an airplane as he's yeah, telling yeah. his story and all those people are trying to <laughs> end their lives
0: <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> Well, that's when my drinking problem started.
3: <laughs> well, this week we are talking about, how are we going to say this? Ring Zero, or should we just go Ringo? Uh, we got, I, I want to say Ringo. wants us to say Ringo. He really no, does. I'm going
0: to say Ringo. <laughs> say Ringo. <laughs> well, I was thinking of it as, well, it's, it's a r- yellow submarine.
3: <laughs> it's Ring Zero in yeah. in actuality, right? Uh-huh. Even though we can totally call it Ringo. But like every time I saw the title of this movie, I'm like, wow, that must be a really serious layer of security they got there.
0: Yeah, right? Jesus. Christ, what's going on around there? That's your protection
3: (laughs) ring, ring zero. For those of you out there that get that joke, you thought it was mildly amusing. The rest of you have no clue and think I'm an idiot.
0: Well, they don't think you're an idiot. They just have no clue, and they take that as disrespect, and now they're going to come at you in a really different way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get ratioed, even though I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> <You're through. laughs> pump, pump your brakes, buddy. Listen, you're a lot of big words that I don't understand, and I'm going to take them as disrespect. <laughs> that's, that's the internet in a nutshell. You use a lot of big words, I don't understand, so now I'm going to take them as disrespect.
3: Is that from um, Idiocracy?
0: A, what the fuck is no, that even from? No, uh, the 40-year-old virgin. Oh, okay. And yeah. Kevin Hart uh, plays a bit part, and he's shopping with another guy. And the guy's like, you know, he's being a really demanding customer. And the guy's like, hey, listen, you need to you know, be polite and all that. And he goes, listen, man, you're throwing I remember a lot of big that. Yeah, words I re- at me. I re-
3: okay, I remember that that whole sequence now. Yeah, I can't much. do
0: the rest of the scene because it's, it's a lot of words I, I will not use. Um, And should never <laughs> use. But it's a hilarious scene with those two guys they just go crazy on one another
3: unlike a guy that would have been existing in the time frame that ringo was released and also when 40 year old virgin was released you're not gonna say the n-word
0: no No. By the way, I was around in those times when these movies were released, and I still wasn't going to say the N-word. So, it's it's not all, guys. It's just pretty much if you used that word, you were just a shithead. (laughs) Well, the idea of edgy comedy
3: in that time frame was essentially be as vulgar and as offensive as you possibly can. Make sure that you are hurting as much feeling as you possibly can, and then just say, it's a comedy bit. I actually love you.
0: I guess some of that, it that was I mean, their whole
3: fucking stance. That was that yeah. was the comedy of that time, and yeah. I really, really hate going back and visiting movies from that era. And I really hate listening to the directors from that era, bitch, about how they can't make comedy movies that are funny anymore because no one wants to laugh at that. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah. you're punching down. Fuck
0: you. It's true. I don't. You, you. know. It's a hard place to go. Where do Where do you go? Where, I don't know, man. We're gonna get to a whole other show if we keep on this one, right? Uh, okay. Well, I get let's... what you mean. It's It's sometimes hard to go back to the mid to late 90s, early 2000s and watch movies that you have a fond memory of and then it went to hell. But I can not say one silver lining of that, it makes watching Caddyshack way easier because it's like, yeah, sure, I, Chevy Chase is a piece of shit, but at least he's the only piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> not every one of the movies a piece of shit.
3: Well, it just depends upon how long the people that were in that movie lived and uh, how many stories are actually just haven't come out about them as well. But let's bring well, it back, right? Because I don't thanks wanna, thanks I, for setting that one up. Yeah, I don't want to punch anything down here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, And so when we're talking about Ringo, I need to be very careful about what I say because I feel like I'm punching down on a lot of these Ring sequels so far. Ring 2 <laughs> really had me hoping that maybe they were going to do something special with Ring Zero, even though I knew it was going to be a prequel and even though I knew it was going to be the story that we had kind of already seen in Ring 95. You know what yeah. I mean? I kind of was hoping for them to wow me, to, to bring something to the table that would, in fact, make me rethink my stance on prequels or premaquels or trying to reboot Quill or anything that what Ring Zero is supposed to be. Because we talked about it last week and if everybody looks at their handy chart, they will see, yes, Ring Zero is actually closer to the books because it takes place in a sh- collection of short stories called Birthday, I believe, is what it was released as. And in particular, it is an adaptation of the short story Lemon Heart, which fleshes out and does more information having to do with Sadako's teenage years before she becomes the monstrosity that's trying to destroy everybody and basically the life that leads up to that so whether or not it lives up to that I guess we will kind of see how I feel but I'm actually more interested in seeing how you feel about Ring Zero because I kind of have a feeling that this kind of storytelling is more up your alley because there's like interpersonal relationships and things that you can kind of sink your teeth into I actually
0: wasn't, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Uh, I felt there were moments where things got a little slow uh, it's, a uh, uh, rounding up, it's an hour, 40-minute movie. Could have been just an hour and 30. Uh, could have been an hour and 25, actually, and it would have been a tighter movie. Uh, other than that, uh, I, yeah, I actually particularly kind of liked it. I thought it was a good story to lead into the other, some of the other Ring movies, you know, where if you're, depending on which story you're going about in any particular moment. Uh, um... So, yeah, I actually enjoyed it.
3: I think if you watch them in order of where the story takes place. Yeah. And if you do Ring Zero, Ring, Ring Two, and then we haven't done Sadako 2019 yet, obviously, so neither one of us has actually seen that. But of the ones that we have seen thus far, I think if you watch them in order of how the story takes place, and those are the ones that you watch, and only those, I think you're going to find that they meld into each other actually rather well. I
0: think so, too.
3: They do a pretty good job of making sure that the things that happen... Happen in the original ring are recreated in ring zero, having to do with Sadako's untimely demise in the well. And by untimely, I mean it does still take 30 years, apparently.
0: But yeah, it's. I don't get it. I don't get that part, but okay. Listen, there's a lot of supernatural shit here in in which it doesn't appear Sadako could actually die.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, we will get into that as well, and it really does kind of flesh out more of the idea of who is Sadako's real father? What is this all yeah. about? And that yeah. that is definitely something that I feel like I can sink my teeth into, but I will tell everybody that has not seen Ring Zero just yet that's out there, if you're coming here for the spoilers, you're gonna want to understand that this... This being a prequel is a setting up drama of the tragic events that lead to her untimely demise with a little bit of horror elements sprinkled in. And it's mostly like the haunting of Sadako, if you will, (laughs) if you catch right there. So like, don't expect it to be balls to the wall, videotape going crazy, people popping up dead left and right. This is a, like a slow back burner boil on low for a film for, for that tension and that horror. And you got to be ready for that before you see this film because it's probably going to not be what you're expecting if you were coming off of Ring 2 and we're like, holy fuck, what are they going to do next? Yeah, yeah, right. And I kind of had the idea because I knew it was a prequel, so I knew that what we got in Ring 2 was pretty much the end for now of what was going to happen, and that's why they decided to go back. Because as far yeah. as they are concerned, Sadaku apparently was defeated in Ring 2 so far in this or this storyline of Ring Zero, Ring, Ring 2. And definitely watching them in that order for the first time, I think you will probably enjoy them more. I can say Uh that having watched them in the order of release.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ring zero, ring, ring two. Sounds like a great way to go. All right. Well, let's stop fucking around. Let's stop beating
3: around the bush. Let's uh, get into this. We're going to take the little break here. We're going to play the Legion Patreon ad. And I've been loving doing this and I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can find bands. I'm going to probably have to recycle some of the names that I've played earlier in this series. But up next is Baby Metal with Karate
1: right after this. This will keep it quiet.
3: Oh, hi there.
1: I didn't see you.
3: metal with karate or karate or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, karate.
3: I could try and pronounce things properly, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Karate. I think I'll just do it like uh, DJ Sizzle from uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and just go karate. Karate.
0: (laughs) Karate. nice. All right. Ring zero. First 20. You see two girls current day. They're one's on a the phone. They're talking about the video and one tells the other one about a dream she had after watching the video. The dream was about a well. And then she also saw Sadako's death. Then we cut to it's 30 years earlier. We know this. The movie tells us. Thanks movie.
3: Yeah. And thank you subtitles so, for translating that.
0: Yes. It's always helpful.
3: <laughs> it definitely increases your ability to review the film. Yes.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cause we'd all be confused as fuck if it weren't there. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, a teacher is told that a reporter is there to see her. The reporter is Miyagi, and she knows that the teacher had taught Sadako 11 years beforehand. The teacher says, uh, gives her files. There's no picture of her. He goes, she wasn't there for long, like half a semester. But then her mother died and her father took her away. She says she was smart. Miyagi asks if she had any of her mother's powers, to which the teacher says she doesn't know. Then we see the reporter lady. She's uh, waiting out. One of her photographer got comes in and was like, hey, we can't find the doctor or dad, so no one really knows where he is. But the reporter's staring out at the sea and she's remembering hearing the teacher saying how scared of the sea uh, that Sudoku was and that 14 of her classmates had drowned and she had tried to warn them not to go to the sea. Sudoku had tried to tell people not to go in there.
3: Yeah, it's heavily implied that she had had some kind of psychic vision.
0: Yeah, there you go. So then we cut to a 19-year-old Sudoku who has joined a theater group. The main lady, she's given her performance. Her, or I, I, I don't even think it's a. Uh it's not even she's not even trying out It's they're just practicing because this woman has the role and we know Sadako is her backup yeah
3: Sadako is currently the understudy for the main character role and the other woman
0: it looks like she's auditioning but she's not she's just going through lines
3: no they actually have the stage marked out and they're doing blocking is what it looks like because she's doing her performance but they're moving her where she's supposed to position herself for the stage and everything and it's it's very deep like if you're a theater person like if you really enjoyed working in the theater in any capacity, I can see where this stuff would actually be really kind of interesting for you to watch, um, because yeah. you would be living this, but I'm pretty sure they're doing <laughs> blocking at this day.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Um, anyway, she gives her a little performance. The director doesn't seem pleased says, we're just going to go for lunch. I'm out of here. And he walks away and she seems kind of mad about that. Um, well, he also degrades
3: and- her acting ability and says it loud enough so that she can hear it. He is purposely cutting her down just. Just to be a prick and to prove well, that he's this in this director
0: charge. seems to be a, a, a prick. Oh, yeah. He does
3: this here's- to everybody. So pretty much just assume that everybody that interacts with this director, he is yeah. deriding them and treating them like they are a second-class citizen.
0: yours, what's really funny. Directors must hate themselves because they, I've never seen any director portrayed in any movie as being anything less than the worst
3: <laughs> it might be writers who write directors yeah, write, in such writers, a way. writers
0: hate directors because imagine if there be a director in any movie that deals with like a play or anything like that you're like god damn writers what do we do to you fellas you're right you hate us that bad
3: <laughs> yeah I guess it probably depends upon the director but um, some of them definitely deserve some of this derision
0: oh yeah some of them definitely deserve it but I'm like, god damn all directors though uh, <laughs>
3: Um, well, it is all cops, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's true, too, yeah. All cops are bastard, all directors are bastards. Clip. Um, ugh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Later on, that same lady, uh, Sudaku's just sitting there, minor her own business, and that lady kind of's like, why are you staring at me, that same lady who got accosted? It, like, breaks her down a little bit and Sudaku down a little bit, and you're like, well, fuck you, lady.
3: Here we see the cycle of abuse that happens in all creative endeavors, where the top dog belittles and derides their actors and actresses, and they go on to deride their understudies, and then the understudies either just eat massive quantities of shit or find a way to hurt someone else or just cut themselves. Yeah.
0: So, uh, three others who work behind the scenes, they're talking, and one says, like, they're all feeling the effects of Sadaku. Like, no, everyone's kind of on edge lately, and ever since Sadaku showed up. Yeah, she just
3: Uh, feels not right. Everybody does seem to be like they have headaches and short tempers whenever she's out.
0: Yeah. Uh, later, Sadaku is in a waiting room of a hospital. She sees an old woman Mm -hmm. in Kamo no, no. and then a man walks right through her. So, that's bad. She meets with her doctor, and he asks if the drugs they're giving her is helping with the visions she's having. She says yes. Lying, of course. Then she says she she talks about how she's joined a drama group. And he seems the doctor's really happy that she's joined this group. It feels like something that's gonna be good for her.
3: Yeah, she seems like this makes her happy, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, later on, we're back in the, the theater, and the lead of the play, Akio, who kind of gave Sudaku shit, she's walking in and sees Sadako behind uh, behind her. uh Later on, she and another actress are talking, and she says she always sees somebody behind Sadako, but then they're not there. She doesn't know what's going on. And then she talks about this dream she has about Sadako and the well, and she's dreamed of a house in this well and all this other stuff. And the other actress looks at her, really creeped out, and says she's had the same dream. All the while, the uh the dress lady, the lady who works on all the dresses, she she's listening to them, and you can tell she's probably had the same dream as well, the way her face is. So, now everyone's starting to realize there's some weird-ass shit going around around here. Well,
3: there's that, and when she describes the dream, we actually have seen this happen. We we go with her, and she describes it, and it's absolutely horrific, the shit that happens. She, yeah. sees, she sees the murder that we've already seen, but she's yep. actually watching it from a house that seems to be occupied even though it's derelict. It has a bunch of shit in it, even though there's, like, vines and stuff growing in it, and it makes no sense unless someone is illegally hauled up there to hide out
0: yeah yeah that's true um,
3: and then when we know who the murderer is and what that murder is that we witness at that well then we pretty much gather that she's in his house right by that well this is where he's hiding out which changes the whole thing about the smallpox slash tuberculosis clinic that's the only yeah, yeah. real big change from the books um, that we know of, of of it taking place beforehand that they incorporated this abandoned house but it could have been a tuberculosis clinic where he was at and also smallpox and somehow he got infected from being in this rotten place
0: yeah true um, uh, they go through the rehearsals and while they're going through those rehearsals Akio is sitting behind the scenes and she sees we see a white dress with two feet underneath it walk up to her uh, later on the co-star goes to check on her and Akio is dead
3: uh, with the semi horror face but with super yeah. cataract eyes very horrific
0: very horrific not not good at all very bad
3: <laughs> <laughs> not something you want to see when you turn someone around trying to gently wake them up not at all
0: exactly uh, um, we cut to back the reporter. She's talking to Sudoku's doctor, but she doesn't know that she's do- that that is Sudoku's doctor. She's just talking to the same guy, but she's talking to him because he studied under Dr. Okuma. So, uh, and uh, she plays a tape from the day that that reporter died with Sudoku's mother, and there's this horrible noise on it. And they're like, mm, that noise was not heard by anybody there, only on this tape. Yeah, it and sounds like
3: the type of recording that Sonic Youth wouldn't even use. Yeah,
0: then she's says uh not only did that reporter die, but every reporter from that tape is dead they all died early she knows this why well we're gonna find that out later
3: we'll just take her word for it at this point because she has investigated it
0: yes there you go she listen man she did her own research all right. Probably watch the YouTube thing. It's great.
3: <laughs> no, this seems like the type of person that actually tries to get verifiable facts. I
0: think she does. Yeah. Yeah. Because she up.
3: goes to the island of foreboding child murder to investigate <laughs> a child's life.
0: Yeah, that was dumb. Uh, anyway, maybe <laughs> maybe, we, maybe, we all should stick with the fucking YouTube shit.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to go as far in your research as to have to go to foreboding island of child murder, once you're at that threshold, you, you don't really see the line as you cross it, Matt i'm pretty sure
0: yeah, yeah i guess not you're you're blown over the line completely
3: <laughs> and that's where your youtube searches is really going to get you is the <laughs> forbidden island and the foreboding island of child murder yeah,
0: right uh so then we cut back to the play and we're having a team meeting and they decide the director decides sudoku is going to take over akio's role peeps are really mad about it but the sound guy tells uh uh, the sadako to really ignore all them Sound guys trying to be a a good person he really likes sadako that ends the first 20 minutes you get the
3: feeling that fucking director is skeezing on his actresses and he treats them like shit so he can neg them into doing what he wants sexually
0: you're goddamn right he does okay (laughs) i mean that's 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 the feel that same feeling i got already well like i got it right here
3: and then i was proven right about it (laughs) basically like within the next yeah. 20 minutes but like I so-
0: got it when I first saw him.
3: Yeah, the way he negs that first actress basically is like he is very clearly ripping her and down. Then and everyone even like said shit. that
0: since Sadoko showed up their relationship had soured. So they were already having a relationship. That was even known to everyone else. Yeah, it so, wasn't
3: being hidden in any way shape yeah. or form. Yeah, that's totally what's going on there. And it's really fucking gross and yeah. really kind of hard to watch nowadays. Shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's a giant piece of shit.
3: Yeah, and he's unrelentingly disgusting, and he will get further unrelentingly disgusting. But I will say this, at the first 20-minute mark, uh, for everyone, just so they can relax, thankfully, even though this story takes place in the time frame and in the context of the books, any sexual assault you may have heard us talking about in the 95 movie, not here, not present.
0: No, nope, nope, no assaults here.
3: Maybe implied gross misconduct on the behalf of some of the gentlemen towards Sadako, yeah. but not not really directly shown on screen at least. so we are saved from that aspect of it yeah so far the most horrific thing was the way that that lady died and we're starting to get the idea that we're supposed to be on Sadako's side and the horror we're going to get is she's the victim here and I have a really hard time with that in this first 20 minutes like being able to sympathize with her because of all the horrible things she does later
0: yeah yeah I mean but oh I mean (laughs) you want to feel but uh, yeah I mean it's, it's like almost a Marvel. Job with their villain. It's like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I'm supposed to root against you, but shit, you got a point.
3: <laughs> yeah, when you start realizing just how right Magneto might have been, like you really yeah. start to worry about your own mental health.
0: L- listen, listen. With 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 a with a digitally fucking done Thanos is talking on a movie screen. You start sitting there and you find yourself nodding, and you go, fuck no, you're not supposed to nod to that. <laughs> yeah, you got to answer some questions. <laughs> How long have I been living in this world? Maybe (laughs) is it too much for me? (laughs)
3: Yeah, I think basically what I said earlier, this first 20 minutes really drives that point home. If you watch this first before you know just how dark it's going to get and how horrific Sadako's vengeance for how she was treated is going to get, you will enjoy this film significantly more. I think there are two things currently working against the benefit of the film for me in viewing this in the 20 minute mark. One is that I already know just how horrible Sadako gets and just how much much fucking evil she perpetuates on the world. That's the first thing. And the second thing is there is not very much horror for watching this immediately following the release of part 2 for me. Like I'm really starting to feel like oh my god, I'm not going to get very much if any horror at all. Now we get a few moments that really kind of are like little morsels, but you don't really get full on full-blown balls to the wall horror with this. You get a general sense of disease and discomfort and just people really Slowly starting to be like frogs in a frying pan that is just slowly heating up before they realize they're being
0: burned or cooked. Exactly. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, that's basically what we have with this movie. And this first 20 minutes does a great job of giving you just enough stuff and also letting you know that that's the kind of story you're in for. So if you're not in for it here, maybe come back later.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I was in the middle of a goddamn yawn.
3: That's okay. We can move on to the next 20 minutes.
0: Next 20 starts. All right. We're at a rehearsal. Uh, Sadako gives a great monologue uh, for her character that she's playing in this play.
3: The actress who basically has to play super shy and just stand there all unassuming gets to deliver a soliloquy as that shy actress being allowed to shine and they do it quite well.
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, Later, the sound guy, he's waiting for Sadako and uh, as he's talking to her, she sees Aiko behind him, pointing at him. And I think he has a -A 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 sense there's something behind him as well. Like he has that has big eyes like you, know, you get that feeling someone's behind you and she she keeps saying it wasn't me it wasn't me and then she disappears and everyone's like holy shit and uh, then the director shows up and tells us sends the sound guy away to keep doing his work and he walks away with sudoku and has his arms around her and you're like you're a sick little fuck
3: yeah he derides the guy just to put him down in front of sudoku to make himself yep. seem bigger and more important and yep. then he throws his arm around her like she is a piece of property and leads her off to whatever it is that he wants
0: yeah right no shit if you
3: and didn't then, get those greasy creep vibes before this oh, you get them you hardcore got them. here
0: you got them hard now it's it's bad um so then the sound guy he's working on tape shit with uh the uh dress lady and he goes listen to this and you hear this that same noise from the reporter's tape the same noise that was heard when Akio died and also a voice saying you will die <clears throat> so then later uh, the director is getting real creepy with Sudoku looking at a picture of her mother she asks him to leave and he does not he sits next door and says hey I, I, I can make you famous uh, then there's more rehearsals happening later on the dress lady she's hemming Sudoku's dress for her and the, all the other ladies are like you don't have to do that she's just understudy and like no she's the actress now and they're like well you better watch out for her and the sound dude because they're getting a little too close because I think Dress Lady is kind of with Sound Dude. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. yeah uh, She's then alone and she's working and we see a lady in white with the legs again. She's walking behind her and then that Dress Lady passes out. When she wakes up, there's no she, she doesn't have Sudoku's dress anymore and she's wondering what happens. She's walking around. She finds the sound guy and then they both find Sudoku standing there with the dress. The Dress Lady yells at her tells her she's like the worst and you know, nothing like this ever happened. You gotta leave. And so she she gets the hell out of there. Later on, Sudoku and the sound guy, they're kind of hanging out. And she tells she tells him that, like, the director was over at her place last night and she passed out. So she has no idea what happened. So I kind of get a little concerned there. Uh, she then said, uh, uh, she then says, she's, she tells him she's never alone. She's not alone right now. They're not the only two in that room. And she says, it's weird because it's not someone she doesn't know she has this familiar feeling about it and then she all of a sudden wakes up and she's in the sound guy's apartment in his bed. She He tells her you know you passed out i just kind of carried you put you in here uh that morning they're having breakfast and she's actually enjoying herself for once uh liking it then she looks down she sees a vision of him his hands are all bloody so she gets up and leaves so then the dress lady she visits sudoku's doctor but she gets no answer from him he's like i'm too busy to help you and she's just kind of leaves but she dropped a pamphlet from the play well the guy a guy picks up that drop pamphlet and we see it's the guy who is the photographer for the reporter so now the reporter will have an idea of where Sudoku is, and that's the end of that 20 minutes. So a lot of build story here.
3: This spontaneous passing out of Sudoku and the person that seems to be a childlike version of her that is showing up around and by people, uh, even though in varying degrees it's the same size as her. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. It just depends upon who's seeing what. Uh, You really start to question whether this is something going on where there's like a subverted personality within Sudoku that her power is manifesting and making people see. And because of this constant conflict within her, she's just basically projecting images of those, that discomfort and those feelings around everybody. And the reaction is that she makes them feel that way, not that she makes them feel the way she is feeling. It's just that they are reacting to her because there is a general just discomfort of having her in your presence. And people becoming cognizant of being, like seeing things at the corners of their eyes or noticing there's people following them or that they see this same person, them all having the same dream and where this is all coming from is really interesting if you don't know what actually is going on and you have the you you have the ability to kind of screw around and think about it yourself and you're wondering if this is just her madness manifesting through her power or if something else is acting externally upon her for her to behave this way or if perhaps this is just her power manifesting and it's not something that she can control regardless. There's so many questions questions that it just kind of throws at you right here in this second set of 20 minutes because it really deals a lot with what is specifically going on with Sadako and the way that everybody responds to her and again it's more of a drama piece and it's a slow boil because you can see people becoming more and more agitated with her people being more and more uncomfortable in her presence and she herself losing more and more of her own consciousness and time and not knowing what was going on we can trust the sound guy from what we have seen so far narratively speaking he seems to be on the up and up so when he says that he just put her in his bed so that she could sleep because she went unconscious you believe him that she's okay
0: he also appears to be the only one who doesn't have dreams about her like that or feels uncomfortable around
3: her. Yeah, and also the projected person stands around him as though they are protecting him more so than they are harming anyone else intentionally to protect Sadako from them, whatever that is. And we're assuming it has something to do with Sadako because it very much looks like Sadako from The Well, the yeah. white dress, bluish kind of skinned girl. But it's yeah. the younger version or a younger girl of her in some cases as well. So we're not sure exactly what's going on there. There's a lot of plates that are kind of spinning, but it's essentially this. All the Weird, eerie shit that's happening is either Sadako's power and Sadako's doing it subconsciously because she's working through some trauma or it's Sadako's power, which is becoming more and more prevalent as she gets to this age. And perhaps it's growing beyond her control. Either way, it's really hurting at people around her and making her the target of basically a crowd of fucking villagers with pitchforks.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, and she has very little outlets now for Friends, it's one, and I mean, you know, so shit. Right? It's it's not always a good thing for somebody who's uh, has a psychosomatic power. You know what I mean?
3: Right. To be this isolated and made to feel it, like the other is yeah. definitely not a good thing for someone that has that need to connect with other people so as to not torment them with their power.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Jesus.
3: yeah. It's it's a really interesting way of telling the story. But again, after following Ring 2, I can see where this may have been a bit of a letdown for some audiences. Um, I could totally see that. Um, I am watching it on its merits alone so far, and I'm just trying to watch the movie as the movie itself. So I will not lie. These moments moments definitely got me intrigued because i'm like holy shit what's gonna happen to her man these people are after her too and they do an excellent job of the investigation of the reporter who has driven by some kind of a motivation we don't understand that really kind of mimics riko from the original film of ring 98 ring yeah um really harkens back to that pretty well of of what this reporter is investigating and also in ring two with the next person that was investigating what was happening after Ryko disappeared and Also, with my coming back to try and find out what happened to Ryuji, like the investigation of what is being caused with Sadako in this 30 years prior, mirroring so directly things that we've seen people whenever they go looking for what's going on with Sadako before, does help tie it into a universe and give us a story frame we're used to in the ring world to kind of put our hooks in a little bit too. So I think that helps.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
3: And also, it's a great way for us to sideload information in because she finds all this stuff out and then just info dumps it on us, but does it in such a way where it's her telling somebody else some of the things that she's found because she's desperate to get even more information. And we don't know why yet, but we have a feeling, given what we've seen in the other films, that in some way, shape, or form, Sadako is connected to the death of someone that this person cares about. You really get that inclination in this 20 minutes from the way she's acting about things.
0: Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, yeah, that uh, there's there's a connection there. That's something very important to them.
3: Yeah, and I did get that feeling at this 20 minutes, whether or not i'm proven true we'll see if that shows up in the next 20.
0: that's right all right well the next 20 starts uh well we're back to the theater uh, uh, so we're at the theater, and while the director is creeping on Sadako, uh, the um uh, dress lady pleads with sound guy not to talk to her anymore. Sadako, she's like, she's 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 just weirding everyone out, and you know she's she's you know nobody likes her, and she's causing all this disturbance. And he looks at her and asks her to go ahead and get the hell out of his goddamn office because he likes her. Uh, as they begin to do some rehearsals, a reporter shows up, and it's are the reporter that we know, and uh she sees Sadako and asks the director if have has permission to talk to her. Director said, go ahead. And as they walk up, her photographer keeps snapping bulb pictures of Sadako, and it's kind of getting to her, and then all of a sudden the bulb shatters. Uh We cut back to the newsroom, and the teacher is there from earlier. She says uh there's a story she could not tell her before, she's going to tell now, that one day she went to Sadako's house because she wasn't in school, uh, and and her mom was getting sicker and all that. So she goes into the house and we see the uncle with Sudoku. They walk and the teacher actually falls behind. She sees the mom. And this is the one of the creepiest parts of the whole movie. The mom is doing the brushing of the hair, looking at the window, it just keeps getting closer and closer to the window while doing that stare. It is fucking horrific.
3: <laughs> yeah, that look on that particular actress, because it seems like they have her come back. It seems like it's the same one every time, or at least they get them to look so much alike that it's really yeah. hard to tell them apart. Um, and that particular display of that vacant, sort of almost soulless stare of just not there while doing something perfectly normal and like brushing their hair, and then having that become frantic and bizarre really does seem to work on you
0: yeah yeah it always does and so she gets freaked out by that and then she's she realizes she's alone there's no one else in the house then she hears crawling upstairs she looks upstairs and she sees dark hair and it all of a sudden escapes then she looks and there's sudoku standing there but really weird sudoku and tiny too tiny and that's when she got nervous like she never knew she was always scared of sudoku after that uh sudoku and she never knew which sudoku she would get in class any given day
3: yeah and what that really means we're not sure but it's starting to feel like maybe she had multiple personality disorder like from the time that her mother died maybe that fractured her or something
0: yeah all right so then they're developing photos and we see all the cast faces are all blurred All distorted. Kind of like if you watch the video, they're all cursed.
3: Yeah, they've (laughs) been marked in some way, shape, or form
0: then the reporter asks about her picture and her picture is normal except for the fact that all the dead reporters from sadako's mother's thing are in the background of her photo of that she's in. they're all hanging out with her
3: yeah that's yeah so we get the feeling that the person that she cared about be given that she's a reporter may be all of these reporters who are now dead apparently
0: yeah um so uh so then she checks a pic of sudoku and she sees like another girl behind her a smaller girl uh the photographer says that that too bad she can't run with this kind of story and she says this was never about a story and she leaves later on the director confronts Sudoku she goes I remember your mom he remembers the story remembers owes the shit accuses her of killing Ayuko uh you know asks if she's gonna kill him and he's like if you try it I'll bury you I'll do this I'll do that and then pretty much ends it with I own you uh as he's really yelling and her shit starts shaking so he gets scared and he attacks Sudoku at this point sound guy has been watching everything that's happening. He runs out. They get into a fight. Uh director strikes sound guy with a candlestick over the head. As they keep fighting, all of a sudden some shit falls, killing the director and he died.
3: But you get this sense that it was supernatural because low-end rumble when shit start falling.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot of stuff in How about all this? We films. know the sound guy didn't kill the director. How about that? Right, but
3: <laughs> also there's a lot of stuff in the sound design that they do carry over from the other films where whenever the uh, telekinesis or whatever powers or whatever Sadako shit is going on around in the background that's going to be causing somebody's death or torment you get this yeah yeah like it just slowly builds and then they they increase the the frequency that it happens to like fuck with you even more or sometimes they just do this low end rumble that they just move around the speakers real fast
0: it's fucking terrifying and awesome. Yeah. yeah right. It's fucking awesome. <laughs>
3: they, regardless of whether or not any of the other films were good to you or not, the sound design on all of them, even in spiral, it did some moments like that, that were really cool. So
0: yeah, some good sound moments in this, especially if you've got a good sound system where you're wearing headphones.
3: Yeah. If you got a 2.0 mix and you're wearing headphones, it's definitely going to fuck with you a little bit too. They did an excellent yep. job for the Zero video, Blu-ray set that we watched for these films so far. I will give it that.
0: Yeah. Um. Then we cut to, uh, Uh, well then, no, I'm sorry. Then they, uh, Sudoku takes the sound guy to her doctor to check out his head. And the doctor's like, yeah, that's, it's bad cut. It's, it's bad. Um, then we cut to the news lady. She's opened up a locker in the pick. There's a picture of the reporter, the first reporter killed at that thing. And of her, apparently that was her fiance. The first reporter killed at Sudoku's mother's thing was this lady's fiance. They've been telegraphing
3: that it was someone she very much cared about. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little cliche to have it be a fiance, but it makes sense that reporters would meet and fall in love too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then uh, she brings out a pistol. So
3: highly illegal in Japan. FYI.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's not something that you see a lot of.
3: (laughs) There's yakuza that are doing time just for carrying, man. Yeah. Like a lot of time. Like, I I don't know how severe the punishment is over there, but I know like modest gun laws and sensible gun laws are definitely something that Japan is
0: all about. Well, yeah. I mean, no shit. And that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because
3: when you got the opposite of that, you got what we got.
0: Yeah, that's fucking super. And that's just nightmare inducing on its own. Uh, then the news lady calls the dress lady and says she needs her help. Then we cut back to the hospital. The sound guy tells Sudoku that he will confess to the director's murder, much to Sadako's dismay. As they're holding one another, he realizes he says your hands are hot. She goes, yeah, they have been for a while. Back in the waiting room, Sadako's just sitting there, and the nurse brings out this very old patient who's confined to a wheelchair. Sadako stands up, and the sound guy, he's up and going again. He comes out. She touches the man. And he is able to stand. Um, then we come back to the theater and the sound guy decides he's going to hide the director's body. Um, and he tells Sadako to go get ready. As Sadako's in the dressing room, get ready. The other actors talk about how the director is missing, but the show is going to go on. And then as Sadako leaves the room, they're all kind of just staring at her. Then the sound guy tells Sadako as they meet up that they will, after this show's over, they're going to leave and they'll never come back. They're going to just escape. The doctor's talking to the nurse, Sadako's Sadako's doctor, is talking to the nurse about the old guy in the wheelchair, and she tells him what happened, and so he goes right out of the room. Then we see the reporter meets up with Dress Lady and gives her an envelope, something's in it, and that's the end of that 20 minutes going into the next. I think they
3: definitely telegraphed the whole reporter was the fiancé thing by the time we actually get to the reveal, and I think we did a pretty good job of not exactly saying it, but then saying what it felt like they were implying, Um, Yeah, and it really kind of didn't need to wait this long i mean we're like basically like 60 minutes in or 50ish yeah. minutes in at this point, and I'm really feeling the runtime, and I'm wondering where they're going with all of this, and I can see your statement about, you know, trimming out a good 20 to 25 minutes of this and making a nice lean straight story. This feels like your pilot episode to bring you into a series. Like, if you did the ring story in a series from the time she's a teenager all the way to when the curse happens and all of that kind of stuff, I can definitely see where this stuff would definitely be important, because you're pushing all of this backstory and basically setting up just how bad it's going to get as you increase the tension as you increase the amount of damage that this other sadako that they keep hinting at which we don't know whether or not it's an external one or one that just lives in this other sadako's mind that she is projecting we're still not sure about that yet but this level of intrigue and this build-up that they're trying to do definitely would work better in a like limited run series
0: yeah um like I said, there's a lot of rehearsals that probably don't need to happen. Um,
3: Unless you're a person that loves the theater, which very clearly this director of the actual film yeah. does, because they spend a lot of time giving you detail of just how the theater theatrical arts are performed over there. So for that alone, the first viewing, I was able to sort of just sit back and enjoy and not, yeah. it wasn't really that big of a problem, but yeah, I don't disagree with you um, for the story that they're trying to tell. They spend a lot of time in the rehearsal and it just doesn't really feel like it's moving your story along. It just feels like it's someone who clearly loves the theater and wanted to make a film there.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's just that... No, it's it, just, it, it felt it made this movie go a little bit longer than it needed to. Right,
3: it's, there's nothing wrong with that, but the problem is that the story that they need to tell, and the story that they want to tell, are currently in conflict with the amount of time they're spending it both.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm good um, here. <laughs> we can move right, on. Yeah, let's start the next... Uh, the next 20 minutes, it's opening night, and the play is beginning. The doctor shows up, he sits down. Uh, backstage, a guy finds a trail of blood, and he starts following. Him. And then we see the crew has found the director's body, and one of the actresses says it must have been Sadako who did it. So the dress lady walks in tells the sound guy that, uh, one of the important people they need him backstage, and need help with something, and that she knows all the times and everything so she can run the sound for the play. So he, fine, he agrees, and he heads out. Um, uh, Sadako, she gets gets ready and she hits the stage and then uh, the dress lady plays the tape from her mom's exib- you know the expedition uh, the expedition that they did on her on her mom with all the reporters so starts hearing it she starts freaking out then we all start hearing the noise from Akio's death and uh like the noise from all the deaths uh you know and everyone's kind of freaking out uh her doctor runs up there and telling her to calm down she needs to stop she needs to stop all of a sudden she envisages him covered in blood so she really freaks then all of a sudden he has a heart attack and falls on the candles and dies everyone freaks out this was the
3: horror we've been waiting for that
0: death was pretty horrific yeah yeah yeah, agreed so sadako runs out she gets cornered by the rest of the cast and then the rest of the cast they kill her by beating her to death with
3: implements and props and like pipes and various things that they just grabbed So yeah, they go full fucking villagers with torches and pitchforks on her.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was insane.
3: Yeah, but I feel like it's her blaming herself, projecting it out to them, and that image, they mistake it for what they need to do, and they just beat her to death.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just incredibly... Incredibly Terrible. Yes. Yeah,
3: something with her power, something going on specifically with emanating off of her or around her or something about her drives people towards violent tendencies with her. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back because they clearly blame the director's death yeah. on her. They blame the director's death on her.
0: Yep. While well, the sound guy gets in there and he starts mourning her, the reporter walks in and said she had intended to go there to kill her and that they're not quite done yet. They need to kill the other Sadako, that somehow she split. There's an old or personality. This
3: is where I'm like, uh, what the fuck are we going on about here, movie? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so everyone's just kind of like, okay, what the hell is uh, happening right here?
3: To the movie's credit, it actually does look at you and go, no, s- seriously, yeah, everybody else thinks that's yeah. fucking weird that there's more than one of this person, yes.
0: Yeah, try, we're going to go ahead and try to explain this to you as best as we can. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, just um, try and go with us on this journey. You already said she has supernatural powers and you'll believe that, so why not
0: this? Yeah, so anyway, uh, then the Doctor finds information where dr kuma is living and uh they know now where to go to find the alter ego so they all get into a bunch of cars and they drive there with sudoku's body they get to the doctor's place and he already knows why they're there he answers the door and says are you here to kill sudoku um he then tells them all that somewhere along the line sudoku split into two this drove her mother insane and one took after the mother, and one took after her real father. Uh He kept drugging the other one so that she at least wouldn't grow. A news lady goes upstairs and sees this little locked room. She shoots the lock and uh goes into the door. Uh, it, it, she shoots the lock and enters the room, but there's no one there. There's nothing in there but a TV playing static. when we see Sudoku's hand closes on the sound guy's hand as he's holding it, and she's alive. The doctor walks into the room and looks at the reporter and says, You didn't bring her body did you and uh uh-oh then we see the sound guy he's taking sadako away all the others are giving chase but the dress lady tries to hold him back to stop him because you know she actually loves the sound guy so she wants to be happy and a lot Uh, of this is
3: her stoking the fire because she just wants to scare the sound guy away from her
0: Yep, and they are But uh, the sound guy and Sudoku are running away through the forest. The others are watching and they're, we're coming up on the final 20 minutes.
3: As they're running away, I heard Tiffany going, running just as fast as we can. (laughs) Right. Holding onto one another's hand.
0: Trying to get away (laughs) into the night.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I had a really hard time letting go that they were trying to tell me that Sudoku separated into two specific entities right here at the start. I feel like we get a justifiable enough explanation later on, but at this exact moment, it feels like a fucking work just to have an excuse for Sadako to get up and reenact the lyrics of, I think we're alone now with the sound guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but it is, it's like, everyone's just like, you know, all right. So now we have two of them. Now, there are two of them. This is getting out of hand.
3: But to everyone else's credit, and like again, to the movie's credit, the people actually do seem kind of like unable to process that until Sadako comes back from the brutal beating that they gave to her to murder her. And yeah. therefore, they are forced to believe whatever the fuck they're being told because that lady just came back from the dead after they beat her to
0: death. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and
3: is alive enough to reenact, I think we're alone now, or at least the lyrics of the song with the sound guy what the fuck is going on movie
0: yeah i, don't, I fucking i don't know man <laughs> just uh, we're all getting fucked on this all right <laughs> listen just go with it motherfucker All we're listen you're fine to believing that a little girl's spirit could come out of a tv and kill you after seven days after watching a videotape right yeah but
3: revenge and hate
0: yeah, I'm just saying.
3: I know, just... The, I know the power of hate and the drive of revenge. I know that power. I can understand how something like that could survive death. But someone yeah. coming back from the dead because there's a split version of them and the way that they're throwing this all at me at once and the way that all of this comes to a head, it's like they're trying to jam-pack what should have been a probably bigger focus of the movie and not the theater stuff into the last 20-ish minutes of the film.
0: Yeah, I think, so exactly.
3: I, I think it's the film's biggest failing and it really had a hard time for it to win me over after it did this because I was ready to hit the eject button and I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Like I had all this goodwill built up in the first 50 minutes and I was willing to let the movie go and do its thing and tell the tale that it was going to tell because I knew it was leading to something or I felt it was leading to something. And when this gets revealed at the, you know, right up to the end part, like the, the final third of the film is about to be revealed, whenever this hits, it takes away all that goodwill that was built up for me and I'm really kind of like needing something to happen to win me back over so let's see if they
0: do it uh all right the final 20 minutes Sudaku asks if people are chasing them although it's a very little girl's voice you notice that part yes yeah uh and the sound guy's like, yeah, they are. And then it's back to Sudoku, regular Sudoku, and she's back. And she's like, all right, well, you need to get away from it. Just leave, go, save yourself. We need to go. Uh And she kind of stumbles away from him. And then we see another little Sudoku out there in the field. So there's two of them.
3: Yeah, the one that was apparently stunted with growth by drugs. I'm not sure how that yeah. works, but I probably took the same, and that's why I'm so short.
0: Yeah, see, that's uh, what my penis did. So anyway, <laughs> um...
3: <laughs> wow way to sideload that one in there that was yeah, good
0: i had to I, I, mean, I was like okay well that was a good that's that's a good knock on myself but fuck it that's just too entertaining so i better do it um
3: you'll cry behind
0: the furnace about it later yeah it's fine it's fine i'm just gonna hide underneath the desk turn off the light it's good it's okay it's okay um so then uh Sudoku gets to the edge of this clip and she looks up and the sound guy gets there and he sees two arms like small arms wrap around sadako's waist and then we get some weird eye shit and then the the film goods all sorts of grainy. Like you're watching it through a videotape. The sound guy looks and we see this isn't. Sudoku he knows, because all the hair's in the face, but he says, I love you. And then all of a sudden, we hear him scream. Well, the mob's in the forest. They all hear the scream. The doctor in his office feels like something happened. The peeps, uh, the mob in the goddamn uh, forest are kind of there. And then all of a sudden, we see uh, Sudoku's walking through the forest, and they start screaming and then dropping dead. Screaming and dropping dead.
3: This is like jam pack all the horror within five minutes of just mass death. They were really hoping... that this I'm ready- wave of death was going to shock the fuck out of
0: you. What I'm getting ready to do is... The, the final 20 is really the final 18 minutes. This 18 minutes is going to go like five minutes because this is how you fucking do it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the reporter finds the dress lady. They run, even though the dress lady's constantly screaming. I don't think the reporter was cursed because, you know, her photo was never morphed and everyone was screaming who was getting ready to die. Even the, the dress lady was screaming, but the reporter never was. So that leads me to believe the reporter wasn't exposed enough to Sudoku to be cursed. Like everyone else. But it just tells me those reporters are everywhere Sudoku's going to be.
3: Everyone that was in the theater was tainted because of how she was treated in the theater. And the other version of her sensed that othering and the way that she was made to feel and is just pure id vengeance seeking for it. And the reporter never did that to Sudoku because she was respectful to her and made her feel safe even while she was interviewing her for the most part.
0: Yeah, we see the doctor. He's now out looking for Sudoku in the forest. These two find a spot in a shack to hide. Sadako finds them. It's like doing that creepy creepy walk thing, old jagged walking and shit like that towards him.
3: Yeah, the ghost walk with the hair down, yeah, the honorary... The
0: reporter lady still has her gun, she kind of looks, she kind of looks. The doctor's running, he hears two gunshots, he finds the shack, he goes inside, he sees that the reporter actually shot Dress Lady and then shot herself to save themselves from Sudoku's raid.
3: Does it really save you, or does it just basically get the job done for
0: her? It could be either one, but maybe it's just not giving her the satisfaction to killing you of, you know, know, taking a quick bullet rather than, you know, dying of fear.
3: I think that's what it is, yes. Ding, ding, ding.
0: Uh, The Doctor then finds Sudoku, only this time she's back to normal, probably because, you know, she rage-killed everyone who was out there. Now she's done. Like, the Incredible Hulk. Bruce Banner's back.
3: Either that or the one that is in control now is the one that we're used to, or the sweeter side of her.
0: Yeah. Well, later on, Sudoku, uh, the doctor gives her a little something to help her calm down. And she asks the doctor who her real dad is. And he's like, hey, that's a silly question to ask. Then she starts not being able to breathe and stumbling, and she asks what's going on. He's like, this has to end. Now it was time to end this. She literally claws her way out of the house she's in falls to the ground she's crawling to the well he picks up this blade and brains her then tosses her in into the well and then all of a sudden she wakes up and uh, she's back in sound guy's apartment and he's looking down at her and it's like hey you were you were you were dreaming and she seems so happy she looked up and feels the sun in her face but that sun is coming from the well she's still in the well she looks up just enough time to see it get sealed she screams roll credits
3: fucking shit that ending felt really really tragic and they're really really trying to drive the point home of what happened to Sadako that would blacken her heart and make her the monster that she is so the idea is that all incarnations of Sadako so far have actually been right because she was evil all along but there were two versions of her so she did get to lead somewhat of a normal life when they were split apart and have somewhat of a happy life or as much of a happy life as she could where they were separated and they isolated the one that was more apt to use the power and be evil, but somehow, even though they were separated and isolated, they were still connected psychically. And the one was basically projecting her will through the Sadako that everyone knew and was attacking people that made her feel uncomfortable and made her scared because I'm sure those those emotions were being transferred back and forth in the feelings of whatever you know that they were able to sense each other with their powers. However, that's supposed to work. I, I suppose the film doesn't really explain any of that to you. They just basically make you fill it in on yourself, like for yourself. On
0: on your own yeah (laughs) But, but still horribly tragic
3: yeah they did an excellent job of making it come around to where you do kind of feel bad for her but knowing what she ends up doing with this still they're going with that 30 years trapped in the well And then they give you the supernatural reason as to why she may have lasted that long with such longevity for those 30 years, not just because of her hate, but because this version of her apparently cannot die where they are together. They basically hold each other there. Even though one of them seems to be dead, it must have taken 30 years for the merged version of her with the evil to die. I I guess. I don't know. But clearly the good side of her was tormented so long that it literally gave in to the evil side of her that wanted to do anything thing because of the rage and the pain and everything else that went along with it Yeah. so yeah uh it's an interesting way of setting up just how powerful your character could get what they're capable of <laughs> even before the all the hate and rage gets put into that well and then to cap it off by literally seeing her get capped into the well and know that she's going to be in there for 30 years suffering after waking up from what she thought was going to be an idyllic life with the sound man
0: yeah right this idea. Of, well, I mean, any sort of happiness, right? Like any chance to any kind lady. of,
3: any kind of normal life even is being taken from her instantly in that moment. And yeah. it's an interesting way of doing the reverse of the final scare ending, you know, where yeah. the final scare ending is actually the thing that we knew was going to happen all along. Cause she was already yeah. in the well, but and they it's do. almost that
0: it's final scare; it's the final tragedy ending.
3: Well, yeah. And it's also like a fake out is what I'm getting at. Like, you know how, like they have like Jason <laughs> yeah. pop out of the lake and drag her down, but you know, she's, still turns up and is okay
0: oh yeah it's true in
3: friday the 13th you know she's like oh he must still be out there and then looks directly into the camera it's one of those kind of fake outs but in this case it's something that we knew for sure was going to happen anyway we just didn't think we were going to
0: see it that's true
3: yeah Yeah. we knew she was going to be like sealed in there but we never saw it in any other version of the flashback other than maybe at the top like hinted at where someone looks down in the well and then you know we see it get covered but we never actually see this where it's her reaction to it happening
0: until we see it here (sighs) yep no it's it's of mm-hmm gives a a horrendous backstory to this character, one of which I enjoyed. Like, like we already talked about, you cut this a few more times, and this could have been a tight hour, 20, hour, 25-minute movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, or just
3: a really nice hour 15 pilot, even, and then we get into the rest of the story for what's going to happen in Ring 1, you know? where You tighten up all of the Ring story that we have seen so far in Ring 0, Ring, and Ring 2. You tighten it all up into a limited series, you could get probably a 6 to 7 or 8 episode arc you know with about 45 ish minutes to maybe an hour max in some of them and you basically you could probably do what we got here close to about six hours of movie so you could probably do like a four or five episode tight arc if they're over an hour each like an hour and 15 each somewhere around there i think you'd have a really great four episode arc of a limited series with this
0: yeah i agree i totally agree and uh but with that said I think it told a tremendous story to lead up to Ring in Ring 2. Uh, it again, makes you feel sympathetic for what is ended up to be the character, the killer ring one and ring two, but you have to understand that now she's just going and causing people to suffer who had nothing to do with her suffrage. So once you, once you perpetuate your trauma under other people, you stop being the victim.
3: You start being the monster and the one who is starting to hurt. Yeah. 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 You have to stop hurting other people and then we can talk about healing you and then punishing your tormentor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
3: (laughs) Well, you you name your tormentor and then we'll start working on you, but you got to stop tormenting others first.
0: Yeah, it's time to get ready for healing.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I I really did feel a lot of the othering and the accusations and just that whole outsider vibe of just how long are they willing to tolerate this thing that they don't know that is among them that is Sadako. I really yeah. enjoyed that aspect of it. I thought that was really well done, uh, but it's not necessarily the movie that I was. Well, I knew I was going to get something like that, but it's not necessarily the movie that I would want as my third third entry in a series like we got here where we're getting a prequel. Um, However, watching them in the actual order of the story like we have talked about, I think will greatly increase your enjoyment of Zero. Yeah, I think so. And also, I think it does, like we talked about, it bookends the ring really well with ring zero, ring one, ring two. Those tales all put together give you a complete story of Sadako's evolution. And I really enjoy the idea of going and watching them in that order eventually. And I probably from here on out will always watch them that way if I'm going to watch them all. If I just want to watch the ring and get scared so far, I'm just going to ring two.
0: Yeah, because ring two is fun. Yeah.
3: Now, And I could see, and I, I don't think I'm ever really going to do this, but I could see me possibly doing Ring Zero, Ring TV 95, Spiral, and then the ones that follow Spiral all together as a series. But considering where Spiral goes and how far afield it goes uh, um, in, in even the actual book that I really didn't kind of like that, that change of story venue. And I, did, uh-huh. I had a problem with the change of story venue and some of the other ones, but they gave me enough things to hook into that still feels like that universe that. I'm okay with where Spiral completely changes things for me. So I don't know if I'm ever going to go that route. You know, I think I'm just going to be doing ring zero, ring one, ring two. And let's be honest, I'm just going to go probably straight to ring two most days when I want to watch one of these.
0: Probably. Yeah. It it gets you a quick fix.
3: (laughs) Right. It's in, it's out. It's fucking brutal. It gives me tape moments. It gives me all sorts of weird shit. And the sequence in the hospital alone definitely rocked my world. So there's that. That's my highlight so far of these. We're going to be moving in next week, and it is Sadako 3D. So 2012. So now we have to forget everything we've learned from Ring Zero and then Ring Two. Yeah. We technically are going to go Ring One Spiral now. Can you remember all the events of Spiral off the top of your head? Yes.
0: Yeah, kind of.
3: <laughs> well, if everybody can, you can go back and listen to our episode. And I swear I'm not going to put the whole review in here just to remind everybody and bring them up. And I won't bring up the chart and we won't discuss the chart. But just remember, the Daco 3D is closer to the books because it is an adaptation of the sequel book that follows up from Razin and picks up after Loop. So we ignore Loop, that whole virtual reality world, and we're going straight to the novel S.
0: Oh, all right. Well then, let's go for a ride, motherfucker.
3: <laughs> you have anything else you want to say about the movie before we cut this episode short and get you back to your sick bed?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, think I said everything I need to say. Again, I thought you, you know, all in all, I, I would say, good movie. Good movie, but I'm like you. I'll probably, if I need a quick fix, go to two.
3: Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I do recommend at some point, if you can do it, sit down and watch Ring Zero, One, Two. And I think you're going to find the most enjoyment out of the series that way, because that leaves you off with two and two being the final film that you watch, that leaves you with such a fucking high and such an amount of scare
0: that you're going to have a good time. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree on that.
3: And with that, let's play the ending show promo for Legion, and we will come back with the band
2: Bratz. obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s
3: With Kim Arigoto. Arigoto. I believe so, yes. I tried to spell that phonetically, and if everybody was listening to the song right before I came busted in, they actually did sing the line so you can hear the actual pronunciation for it. I'm trying, folks. I'm actually writing shit out phonetically to try and pronounce it properly for you. (laughs) It's true, yo. I'm trying, man. I'm over here trying.
0: I'm doing everything I can, man. Try trying to
3: live. <laughs> if you'd like to find the other instances where we're just begging for any kind of validation while screaming into the void, that's literally the past 352 episodes of this show.
0: It's true. That's uh, pretty much all we do.
3: <laughs> you can find all of them at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. Although the numbers are starting to dwindle back, we're starting to get too many for the fucking servers. So you really have to go to the website to get the really, really old shows because we We've gotten to the point where iTunes is like, fuck you, we're not carrying all that.
0: We're like, aw, that's mean. <laughs> it <should> be nicer. <laughs>
3: Our feed cannot contain all of the episodes that we have done. That's actually more of a bragging right than anything, my man. Yeah,
0: right. Fucking A. No shit.
3: Other things that we have that may or may not be worth bragging about is our Instagram feed, where I do the meme dump thrice daily during the work week, during the work day for the working human being.
0: Yeah, all those high-quality memes at low prices.
3: And they're free because there are memes. We share our memes with each other. Cinema underscore psyops there on Instagram, in case I didn't say.
0: High-quality memes at shitty memes prices. I
3: also just directly share some memes to our Facebook group because sometimes they're just not worth... Gumming up the works at our Instagram and sharing them everywhere else. It's just for you demented deviants at Cinema Psyops, the group, on Facebook.
0: Yeah, uh, Facebook. Never find a more wretched bill of scum and villainy.
3: Wretched hive of scum and villainy. Scum even. and villainy. <laughs> that is probably my favorite quote about any place ever, and I hate the fact that it comes from Star Wars.
0: Well, I don't care, bitch. <laughs>
3: Wow, I'm Court Psyops on Facebook where you can send me <laughs> the same kind of fucking Star Wars-induced hate that Matt apparently has all of a sudden. I just hate
0: people who hate Star Wars. Is that so wrong?
3: I don't hate Star Wars, I just hate the fact that I love that movie quote about a place and it comes from Star Wars.
0: But why do you hate that, though?
3: <laughs> because you love it so much.
0: It's oh. your fault that I hate <laughs> that,
3: that I love that quote. Jeez,
0: I mean, God damn, goddamn, you're a fucking, I don't know, man, we got some problems.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a therapist and would like to work on the folks of this show you can reach me cinemasciopscord at gmail.com and send me contact information and also what you think our daily fee should be for that i suppose because clearly matt and i have co-host uh, therapy to go to
0: yeah i mean I, I don't know what is that like a dollar a session you think they'd be fine right
3: i mean really all they got to do is listen to our show for free and then tell us what's wrong with us right
0: i would think so we're being pretty honest here but i mean if i was gonna be pretty honest i, I think I don't think you have to be that good of a therapist to tell us what our fucking problems are. Now, getting us to work on them—that's the problem.
3: Yeah, that's where you're going to have to be a really, really good therapist, is to get us to work work on the problem. Well, while you're out there trying to figure out how to make Matt and Court better themselves, you might as well just give up. But also, kick the fuck out of this weekend, make it your best. fucking windows updates man it always fucks with that usb device right
0: right every time every fucking time i had to make sure of it for mine too yeah almost fucked up my audacity as well the only time i
3: don't check it is the one time that like we're both kind of running late on shit and we need to get moving uh
0: if you don't
3: want the music like basically if you don't want to spend a minute a piece for each song so that we can kind of talk about it um i can totally skip it and i'll just say the name of it and then we won't talk about it we'll just go into the next segment and come up with something else
0: Nah, no you can do it's fine
3: okay but i will cut out um um, the intro song and i'm gonna cut out right. the actual legion patreon ad and all that shit um for our recording obviously i'm gonna punch it in for the actual episode so yeah. just start rolling on your side and make sure your oh. waveform looks good
0: yeah right but uh, all right i'm recording one two three everything's looking great
3: all right, so your waveform's looking good. You're you're all yep. rolling and uh, ready to go? All set. Got your tissues, all that shit you need?
0: Oh, God, yeah.
3: <laughs> all right, I'm going to try and get you through this as painlessly Actually, as possible.
0: I'm, I'm starting to feel better, so that's a good thing. Oh, cool, so. cool.
3: Yeah, I just had a really great fucking meal, and I won't tell you what it was because um I know that you're on the diet still, and you can't really taste anything because you're sick, so I won't rub it in, but it was delicious.
0: What was it? Tell me.
3: Tell me. <laughs> it was a uh, pork loin um, that was wrapped in applewood smoked bacon, and smothered in like this, um, apple barbecue sauce kind of thing. Oh, it's like a premium thing. Yeah, it thing. is good. I baked it you with know, mashed too bad potatoes tonight. and
0: stuff. We were bad tonight. I had lasagna, so. I'm gonna
3: be- <laughs> That's usually how it goes, right?
0: I can't, I, you know, I'm sick. i not like I'm going to stick to a fucking diet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. All right, so you're ready to roll then?
0: Yep, I'm ready. Like I said, I'm
3: skipping the intro, so three, two, one.
0: And my brain's a little messed up too, so just deal with me here. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I'm going to be kind of fucked on this. Um,
3: I'm going to edit it in such a way as to make you sound coherent and sane I would as long as you correct yourself. No, 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 leave no. this in. I'm going to put this shit in the outtakes, but when the actual review takes place, it will make more sense. Make, okay. Yeah. No, uh, this is going to be like you could fit the, the outtakes. The very
0: beginning of-, of this should just be me saying this, though. Guys, my brain's completely fucked right now. <laughs>
3: I could probably make that
0: happen. Let's move on. All right. Joined the drama group. In that- Sorry. Not a problem. She joined the drama group, and I, uh, I thought like it was like a brand new thing we're doing on the show now. So, oh, you said drama. That was actually our secret word for the day.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just checking some files that I was shrinking to make sure that they still play okay, and I forgot to mute my mic.
0: You're terrible. I know. So give me one second all right
3: i'm still here i'm yeah. just trying to give you space to be able to do your work as quick as possible
0: yeah, i'm just uh hold on here Got
3: another. if you need more time that's fine i'm just trying not to waste yours
0: i'm just oh all right there we go Flown eggs do your work hey real quick i need to hit the the head real quick i'll be right back yeah go ahead thanks Chuck. all right sorry about that i'm back Bye.
3: no problem you wanna clear that out and then we can get started?
0: Yeah. <laughs> sounds like Dan Aykroyd.
3: do 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 everybody's bored while I fill this in and then edit it out and throw it in the outtakes as this comes up. trying to figure out how to make Matt and Court better themselves, you might as well just give up. But also, kick the fuck out of this weekend, make it your bitch.
0: <laughs> nice. That's a good way to end that one.
3: <laughs> it's probably the most honest fucking thing I've said on this show. Yeah,
0: yeah right? No shit. Jesus Christ, for both of us. Like, fuck you, never gonna happen. <laughs> This is who I am. My faults and all. Why should I try to better myself? (laughs) No,
3: in my case, I really do need to fucking work on it. Because
0: yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. Same. No, same here. I mean, yeah, I do too. But fuck it. (laughs) Still recording? Yes, but now I am done.